Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Daf. Oh, man. So we're up to Daf. Mem Gimel Amid Aleph. Vahatnan, the second line. So the last thing the Gemara said, there's basically two sugyas today. There's a sugya to the two dots, which is not that difficult. And then from the two dots in the Mishnah, there's also a second sugya. It's not so bad. The, the, the... The last thing we said was we asked Akash if you have a stam in a brisa and a machlekes in a mishnah, do you say halachic stam? So the answer is no, because brises are not uh, as accurate. And if Rav Yudah Nasi felt it was a machlekes, then that, that's the way it should go. So if there's a stam in a machlekes, stam in a mish, stam in a brisa, machlekes in a mishnah, we don't go by the stam. Now here's the problem: the Gemara is going to quote a mishnah. This is a mishnah in Kalim, that is a stam. And we don't paskin like. And the Gemara assumes the reason why we don't paskin like it is because I'm sorry, it's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a Mishnah that the reason why we don't paskin like is because there's a Stam Brisa not like it. So you see, we follow the Brisa. And the Gemara is gonna say maybe we don't follow the Mishnah for other reasons. Okay, so again, yeah, so the Gemara says, Amr Levahatanan, is this true? Vahatanan, but the Mishnah says like this. The Mishnah is talking about combs. C O M B combs, um, and obviously those are vessels. Once a vessel becomes tame, the only way it becomes non-tame is if you dip it in the mikvah or if it breaks. So, what's the definition of a broken comb? So the Mishnah says like this: Misarik shall pishin if it's a comb of flax, shenit lushinov, and some of the teeth are pulled out. Vinishtayr by shtayim, as long as two teeth are together, tame, it's still functional. Vaachas, like flax, they used to comb flax. Like a shaitel comb. No, for flax. I don't know what I'm about. I've never seen flax before, but they had combs for it. So it looks like a, probably looks like a, like a shaitel comb. Yeah. So it, as long as the two teeth are together, it's still functional. One tooth only that's tahar. But each tooth that comes out is susceptible to toma because each tooth on its own, independent of the comb, could be used to clean out wicks. It, it has, uh, it's a kli. It's, a, it's like a toothpick. Sheltzemer. Then the Mishnah says, if you have a comb of wool, shenit lushinav, the halachas are a little different. Achas mebin saim tar. When it comes to wool, as long as one tooth is pulled out from every other one, every other tooth pulled out, that's already tar. Meaning, unlike my flax, where as long as there's two, it's tame. This is as long as one is pulled out from every other one. Every other one removed, it's already tahar. It's already not functioning. Nishtayr by gimel, but as long as you have three b'makamechad in one place, tame. Three teeth in one area of the comb, it's tame. But if one of the teeth that out of the three is the last tooth in the comb, it doesn't work because I guess it doesn't. It's not functional again. So, so you have this. So once it breaks, then it's tahar. So once it's not, it breaks, yeah. Nitlu beis. Now the teeth that come out by the by the flax tooth, they're considered a vessel. When it comes to wool, they're not. But nitlu beis also malakit. If you take two and make them into tweezers, then it's tame. Or achas v'skinol ener lemitu ach tame. Or if you take one of the teeth that comes out and you designate it as a vessel, then it's a vessel. Fine. Now, the Kaimalan, now this is a Mishnah, but yet we don't paskin like this Mishnah. Ain't Allah is a Mishnah. Why? So it must be because there's a Brisa that disagrees with it. So you see that when there's a Brisa that goes up against the Mishnah, sometimes you follow the Brisa. That's the Gemara's assumption. The Gemara says no. So that's the Kasha. So the Gemara says, 
Yeah. The Gemara says, don't, don't worry about that Mishnah. That, that Mishnah is different. Why? Don't bring a ride from that Mishnah. Because Ravyechon and Rishlagish both said about this Mishnah, it's not an accurate Mishnah anyway. So the rules of Stam and Machloikis don't apply because it's not an accurate Mishnah. Why is it not an accurate Mishnah? So the Gemara is going to say because the actual Mishnah, Mishnah itself is full of contradictions. How so? The actual Mishnah contradicts itself. Because the Mishnah says, when it comes to the wool one, it says that if every other tooth is pulled out, it's a problem. Meaning it's tahar. The implication is, Meaning the implication is, it starts off by saying that if one tooth is pulled out of every other one, it's tahar. The implication is that as long as you have two together, it's tameh. But then the end of the Mishnah is that you need three together. So there's basically mashmos that are a little bit unclear. Is two enough, or, is th- or do you need three in, in one location for it to be a functional comb? So because there's contradictory notions, it's not an accurate Mishnah. So the Gemara says, but that's not really fair. The Gemara says, my kusha, that's not so schwer. Maybe it depends where the teeth are. Meaning, there's contradictory mashmos. One Mishnah is, ma- the first part of the Mishnah is mashma, two in one spot is considered a functional comb, but then it says three in one spot. So which one is it? Is it two or three? So you say, oh, it's a schwer Mishnah. Throw it out. The Gemara says, maybe not. Maybe it depends on where the teeth are. It depends on whether the teeth are in the, on the outer layer or the inner layer, and based on how they're made. I guess outer layer needs more or inner layer needs less or whatever. Again, I'm not a comb expert, but maybe it depends on where they're, uh, where they're laying. Or, um, okay, fine. So the, the reason why the Mishnah shares for a different reason, Diktani, Vikulon shenitlu achas achas bifneatzmai temeis. I'll tell you a contradiction, a clear contradiction. I thought the answer was, I'll tell you what the contradiction is. When I learned it, I thought it was a contradiction, but I thought that the answer is not what the Gemara is going to say. The Mishnah starts off by saying that if you have a comb of flax, when the teeth pull out, the teeth are automatically vessels, even without designation. But then the Mishnah says that when you have comb of wool and the teeth come out, they're only vessels if you designate them. So it's a contradiction. Are they vessels without designation or only if you designate? So I thought there's a difference between the teeth that come out of combs or of wool or flax. Evidently not. They're the same. So it's a contradiction. Oh, so you see the Mishnah is shver. So the fact that this is a Stam Mishnah, we don't follow it, it's not a Raya anything, because it's, it's a shver Mishnah. So the Gemara says that's not a contradiction. Maybe it depends. When you can have these teeth that pull out, they could come out just the metal, or they could come out with the base, with the like the wooden base. Maybe it depends on whether they come out with the base. Meaning, just the metal comes out, that's not a vessel, unless you designate it. When it comes out with the base of it, then it's considered a vessel. So maybe it just depends on how it broke. So it's not a Shvei Mishnah, it just depends on how it broke. Or another answer, Dilma... Or maybe it depends on the size of the teeth. Maybe if it's a smaller tooth, then it's not a vessel. A bigger tooth is a vessel. So that's not a contradiction. So the question is, so why, again, we're bringing this, this Mishnah. This is a Stam Mishnah that we don't follow, like, that we don't follow. It's funny. I, 
It's interesting. I, I don't know why. The Mar is bringing this in as if. Um... Hey, can I see someone's article for a second? I, I'm sorry. I, I read this going yesterday. I have a kasha now. I don't, I don't understand. I have a kasha that I don't understand. The point of this Mishnah is that this is a Stam Mishnah that we don't follow. This then is an example of an anonymous ruling and a mission of dispute ruling. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this is the deal. The Gemara doesn't really tell us where this is. Okay, we had, uh, this is the deal. We had yesterday a, a psak that if you have a Stam Mishnah and a Machlekes and a Braisa, you follow a Stam Mishnah. The problem is this is a Stam Mishnah that we don't follow it. And the Gemara assumes we don't follow it because there must be some Braisa out there that disagrees. Now, we don't know where this Braisa is, but there must be some Braisa out there that disagrees. So, oh, so you have a Stam Mishnah, Machlegas and a Braisa, and you don't follow the Mishnah. So we said, it's a Shver Mishnah. Why? Uh, contradictions. The contradictions are not, are not strong. So why don't we follow this Mishnah? It's a Stam Mishnah. So you know what the Gemara answers? It's not a Stam Mishnah. Although it's recorded without a name, they, there were manuscripts that the original Mishnah was authored by Rav Shimon. So because this Mishnah was originally ended off by Zudivere Rav Shimon, it's not a Stam Mishnah. So we're trying to bring a, we have a whole, you know, generally you follow a Stam Mishnah. Oh, so that becomes a Bryson? No, it's just, it's a Mishnah, not a Stam Mishnah. So you don't have to follow any Mishnah that has names. You follow a Stam Mishnah, which is a Stam Mishnah, a Mishnah without a name, you follow that. Because if Rabbi Yudanasi didn't put a name to it, that means that that's how you pass him. Either it's a Stam Mishnah we don't follow. The answer is it's not a Stam Mishnah. The original version of the Mishnayis had names. It had Zudivir of Shimon. It's not a Stam Mishnah. So it's a Mishnah that has a name. So if it's a Mishnah that has a name, you don't... Yeah, yeah, we always follow Stam Mishnah. Yechon says, Halachik Stam Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Amrab, uh, the Gemara says, El Mishum de Mesayim Davkani, the original version of this Mishnah, those that were Davka, those that were very particular with how they learned Mishnayis, the words were Zudivir of Shimon. It ended off by these are the words of Rav Shimon. So because it originally ended off, these are the words of Rav Shimon. It's not a Stam Mishnah. So therefore, we don't have to follow it. Okay, we'll just get to the two dots. Um, just to mention some halachas, then the two dots is a new sugev. The Gemara says, Shalach Rav Chiyabarov in Ma'arisin, Toich Gimel. Rav Chiyabarov said that you're allowed to do Arisin within three months. Again, you're not supposed to get married within three months because we're afraid of the paternity issues. But Arisin, which is just Kedushin, is fine because you're not living with her anyway. So you want to do Kedushin within three months? No problem. And that's what they said that you have to wait three months. When we said that you have to wait three months, it's not 90 days. It's one month and then two half of a month. As long as you have two majority of a month and then one full month, that's enough. Why? He felt that women show before 90 days. When we say 90 days, it's three months. It's left after three months. As long as you have 30 days and then 16 and 16, so that's, 30, that's 62 days. As long as you have 62 days, that's enough. So in the majority of two months and a full month, women will start showing. So you don't have to wait a full three months. Three months is, is lav dafka. It's one full and then two rives. Okay. Uh, the Gemara says, Amemar Shali Aris Biyoyim Tishim. Amemar allowed them to, people to get married on the 90th day. Meaning he felt that it was 90 days, but it's 90 days. But on the 90th day, it's allowed. It's not 90 days, and then, and then you can get married. You get married on the 90th day. I, Amrle Ravashi Lamemar. Amemar said that you're allowed to get married on the 90th day. I thought Rav and Shmuel said that it has to be 90 days and you can't get married on the 90th day. 
meaning you don't count the day of the death and you don't count the day of the marriage. So the guy dies, then it's a full 90, then you can get married on the 91st day. So you're saying it's allowed on the 90th day, I thought you have to wait to 91. So he says, it's actually 92, yeah. So he says, He says, no, 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 really you're allowed to get married on the 90th day. I, I thought Ravin Shmuel said you have to wait. The answer is that was talking about the two years. We had yesterday that you're not allowed to get married with a woman who, until she's done weaning. You have to wait two years. Two years, then you can get married. You can't get married on the, the last day of the two years. You have to wait a full two years, then you can get married. But 90 days, you can get married on the 90th day. Okay. You have to wait 24 months. Meaning, till the baby is 24 months. But the day that the baby is born doesn't count. And then you can get married on the next day. So it's 24 months and two days. But the 90 days you can get married on the 90th day. Oh, so you can get married on the 90th day. But wait a minute. But didn't Rava once, didn't someone once make a Sudas Erisin, right? They made a Suda to, for, to celebrate the Kedushin. And it was, I guess, the 90th day. And Rava said, you have to wait till the end of the day, you have to wait till tomorrow. And by the time they waited till tomorrow, the food got spoiled. So you see that you're not allowed to get married on the 90th day. You have to wait a full 91. I thought you were allowed to get married on the 90th day. So why did Rava so strict? The answer is. That was actually not Sudas Erison. You could actually get do Kedushin on the 90th day and have a meal. What you can't do is Nisun. Full Nisun, you have to wait. The halacha is whatever you have to wait, you don't count the day of the death, and you don't count the day of the birth, and you don't count the day of the Nisun. So by 90 days, ask me 90 days, then you get married. 24 months, and then you get married. So it's 92, and it's 24 months and two days. Okay. New sugya. Now, let, let me explain what this sugya is doing, and then we'll run through it. Let, let's start it. Rav Yossi in the Mishnah said, anyone is allowed, anyone is allowed to do Arison. Arison again, is Kedushin. It's Hare Mekudesh It's not living together, it's just giving a ring. So we had a discussion of, are you allowed to get do that within three months? Rav Yossi said, everyone is allowed to do that. Everyone is allowed to do Kedushin, because you're not living with her anyway, except for an Almana. Because an Almana has to wait 30 days before she does this for Avelos. The question is, why can't an Avel get married, do Kedushin? I understand you can't do Nesuin, and you can't have a whole party, but why can't you do Kedushin? Within Shloishim, right? Rav Yossi is mechadish that during Shloishim you can't do erisin. Why not? Here's the problem: you're allowed to do erisin on the week of Tishabov. So it's a kavachaymer. If you're allowed to do erisin the week of Tishabov, then kavachaymer during Shloishim because the week of Tishabov is more strict. That's the Gemara's kasha. Let's see it inside. The Gemara says, "Amar Avchiz the kavachaymer." Rav Yossi is saying that an, you're not allowed to do erisin during Shloishim, but I have a kavachaymer not like that. What's the kavachaymer? Uma b'makom she'asalachabes during the week of Tishabav that you're not allowed to do laundry mutalares, but you're allowed to do kedushin. So makom she'mutalachabes. So during Shloishim, when you're allowed to do laundry, in adin she'mutaliares. We don't pass you allowed to do laundry, but in the times of the Gemara, they felt that you're allowed to. But the point is, so during Shloishim, when you're allowed to do laundry, kavachaymer should be allowed to do erisin. So that's the Gemara's kasha. If you're allowed to do Erisin on Shvu Shachalboy, 
then your Kabbal Chaimish should be allowed to do Erevin during Shlosh, during Erevin during Shlosh. Okay, so that's the Gemara is going to answer. But before we get that, because that's the last line of the next Amit before the Mishnah, let me explain the evolution of, of where we're going to go. Because once you realize where we're going, it's a lot easier. Again, Rav Yossi said that you're not allowed to do Erisin, and Alman is not allowed to do Erisin um, for 30 days. So the Kasha is, but you're allowed to do Erisin during Shavu Shechalbay. So why can't you do Erisin? Um, so why can't you do Erisin uh, during Shlosh? So the Gemara's first answer is, the Gemara says, how do I know that you're allowed to do Erisin during Shavu Shechalbay, the week of Tisha B'Av? The Tanan. Shabbos Shechal Tisha B'Av Liyas B'Saycha, the week of Tisha B'Av, also L'cha Sapra L'chavis, you're not allowed to get a haircut, you're not allowed to do laundry, Chamishim Mutam Nei Kavit Shabbos, but on Thursday you're allowed to Kavit Shabbos, but you're not allowed to get a haircut and do laundry in the week of Tisha B'Av. V'tanya, Koydim Azman Azeh, but before that, meaning before Tisha B'Av, Ha'am Emayitin Baskein, Melisa Valitin, Melivnais Valintoyo, Marisin, you're allowed to do Erisin. Avaloi coins, you're not allowed to do Nesuin, but you're allowed to do Erisin. Ve'inoisin Sudis Erisin, you're just not allowed to have a meal. So you see that you're allowed to do Erisin on the week of Tisha B'Av. So if you're allowed to do Eris in the week of Tisha B'av, why can't you do Eris during Shalashim? That's the Kasha. So the Gemara answers, the first attempt is, Kitanya he koidim the koidim. So the Gemara actually says, you're actually not allowed to do Eris in the week of Tisha B'av. What you're allowed to do Eris in is from the nine days. Meaning the week before the week of Tisha B'av. From Rosh until the Shavu Shechalavai, that's when you're allowed to do Eris in. But you're not allowed to do Eris in on the week of Tisha B'av. So it's consistent. You're not allowed to do Eris in during Shalashim. You're not allowed to do Eris in the week of Tisha B'av. But you're allowed to do Eris in on from Rishchidosh until the Shavuot Shachalbay during the nine days. Now here's the kasha, same kasha. If you're allowed to do erisin during Rishchidosh until the Shavuot Shachalbay, why can't you do erisin during Shloishim? It's the same kasha, right? Okay, so you can't do erisin on Shavuot Shachalbay, but you're allowed to do erisin before that. So make a kavachaymer. If you're allowed to do erisin before that, which is very severe, why can't you do erisin during Shloishim? It's the same kasha. So the Gemara says. During the nine days, we are not allowed to do business. You're allowed to do erisin. You're allowed to do kedushin. When you're allowed to work, of course you should be allowed to do erisin. So back to our original question, which is, if you're allowed to do erisin from Rishchidosh until until why can't you do erisin during Shlosh? So the Gemara is going to give two. I'm just going to tell you outside what we're going to see, and then because it'll help me also. I, I, I was in bowl, I was in a lot of bowling alleys yesterday, so I didn't really have time to prepare. But let me, let me explain what the Gemara is going to end up doing. What the Gemara is going to end up doing is like this: first, our first attempt. So the cash is again. If Rav Yosi says you're not allowed to do Erisin during Shloishim, but why? If you're allowed to do Erisin the week leading up to Tishabov or the week before leading up to Tishabov, or from Rishchaydish, why can't you do it during Shloishim? So attempt number one is. Rav Yaisi actually never outlawed Kedushin. He actually held everyone could do Kedushin. You're, you, he, what he outlawed was Nesuin. Okay. Meaning, again, the Kasha was, if you're allowed to do Erisin during the week of, uh, from Rishchidosh until Shushchava, why can't you do Erisin during Shushchava? And the answer is, you could. He outlawed Nesuin. Only. We'll go back and forth. The Gemara is not going to like that. So then the Gemara is going to say, um, the Gemara is going to say like this. Um, yeah, so the Gemara said, then the Gemara is going to say, the truth is, okay, so answer number one is that he only outlawed Nesuin, not Erison. That's going to be rejected. 
Answer number two is going to be the kasha is based on what? What's the kasha? If you're allowed to do erisin from Rishchaydish until Shushachalba, why can't you do erisin during Shlaish? And the answer is there are some Shita Tanoim who hold you're not allowed to do erisin from Rishchaydish. I mean, again, the whole kasha is if you're allowed to do erisin the week before Tishabov, so then you're allowed to do, you should be allowed to do erisin during Shlaish. So the Gemara's second answer is going to be. There are shitas shita of Tanaim world. You're not allowed to do Erison. So it's consistent. Then the Gemara is going to say, but that's not true. Whatever, we don't possibly say. Then the Gemara is going to say what my father said, which is that although you're allowed to do Erison the week leading up to Tishabav, you're not allowed to do Erison during Shloshim. And the Avelis of Shloshim and Tishabav are not the same. They're not the same. Okay, well, let's see it inside. So again, the Gemara's kasha is that if you're allowed to do Erison on the week before Tishabav, why can't you do Erison during Shloshim? So the Gemara says, Ela'ema. The, the second to bottom line. The answer is, Rav Yossi actually allows you to do Erisin during Shloshim. What is he outlawing? He's outlawing Nesuin, meaning he's allowing every woman to marry, full marriage, right away. He doesn't need any wait for three months. He disagrees with the whole three-month thing. The only thing he's outlawing is during Shloshim, you're not allowed to do Nesuin. Okay, but Erisin you're allowed to. The Gemara says on the next page, according to this, Rav Yaisi holds that you're allowed to get married within right away. The only one who has to wait is an Avela, in a, 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 a widow, because of Avelas. But everyone else can get married, meaning he's not worried about the pregnancy, three-month thing, the whole three-month thing, according to Rav Yossi, doesn't exist. The answer is, yeah, Leslie. He doesn't believe in it. Because he's allowing everyone to get married right away, except for women in Avelas. No problem. But now the Gemara says, actually... Maybe not. Really, he does hold that you have to wait three months. I, he says the only one who has to wait is a woman in Avelis. So the Gemara says, the second line of the page, huh? Oh, no. So, no, he holds Nesuin. So what's the, what's the deal? The answer is, he allows any woman who had been previously married purely by Kedushin, meaning any Basula can get married, um, can get married right away, except, uh, except for an, uh, an Almana. Meaning, so let's say a woman got divorced after Kedushin. She just did Kedushin, then got divorced, so she's still a Basula. Then Rav Yossi says you can marry her right away because there's no problem with pregnancy. But if you're an Almana, you have to wait a month. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, those, Zakena, all these things. The Gemara says, He's saying, if you're a Basula, you can get married right away. The only one who can't get married right away, again, Kedushin, everyone can do. Nisuin. Even in Avelok, one in Avelok can do Erisin, because it's like the week before Tishaba. The only thing you can't do is a woman who is in Avelos cannot do Nesuin, even if she's a Basula, because of Avelos. Yeah. The problem is that's exactly Rav Yehuda Shita. If you go back to the Mishnah, that's Mamash Rav Yehuda Shita. Rav Yehuda Shita is that you don't have to wait three months if you're a Basula. And Rav Yehuda agrees to that. So when's the Machlaikas? The answer is, it can be Nayu Nesuili Aris. The machloikis between Rav Yosi and Rav Yudah is purely this. Can a woman who was previously fully married do Kedushin within three months? Rav Yehuda sovereign Nesu muteris liaris, Rav Yosi sovereign Nesu asu liaris. That's a machloikis of Yosi and Rav Yehuda. Whether a woman who's fully married, can they do Kedushin within three months? Rav Yudah says yes, because there's no problem with paternity. Rav Yosi says no, because we want to keep it uh, standard. So now we're saying that the only thing Rav Yaisi holds 
unlike Rabbi Yehuda, is that if you had a full nesuin, you can't do kedushin within three months. Is that true? But Tanya, but doesn't the Brisa say Rav Yosi am Kol Anoshim Isarsu Chutzman Almana Pnei Avel? Rav Yosi it says every woman could do kedushin except for an almana, meaning every woman could do kedushin. You're saying now that if you were fully married, you can't do kedushin for three months. But he's saying every woman could do kedushin except for a woman in Avelus. So that's not like it. And then the Brisa continues. Um, and you have to wait for for Nisuin for three months. So you see that Rav Yaisi does not allow a full married woman to do Kedushin within three months. The answer is, Hi, how do you know that? Diktani Rav Yaisi Aymer. Again, you chaz this again, it's just a cheshman. Rav Yaisi Aymer kol What's the proof that Rav Yaisi from this b'raisa, um, that Rav Yaisi allows a woman to do Kedushin within three months. It's, if it's because he says, Kol HaNoshim Yisarsu, every woman's allowed to do Kedushin. That, that, that kind of sounds like every woman. Just change the Lashin and say when he says all women can do Kedushin, he means all Basulas can do Kedushin, but not a woman who was previously fully married. So that's not a great proof. Ela Meseifa, Diktani V'Kulna Yinasu, Hadashim. In Subi Dami. What's the proof? The proof is it says in the end that all women have to wait three months to have Nisuin. The implication is Kedushin, they don't have to wait, that they can get married right away. So again, that's the contradiction. So now we have a contradiction in Rav Yaisi. The Rav Yaisi we said holds that you're not allowed to do uh, that that a fully married woman, a woman who was who had Kedushin and Nisuin, whose husband got divorced, whatever, she can't do Arisin for three months. But over here he says you're allowed to. So the Gemara says, So change the Lashon. This is how you have to read it. Rav Yaisi Oymer. Kol erusas gerushas yinasu. All women who are besulas, who are divorced or widowed, can, who are divorced, can remarry right away. Chutz min almana, except for an almana b'hnei evil, because she has to wait 30 days because of Avelis. Bekam evil shalashem yoyim. And how long is Avelis? 30 days. Unesuas le yisarsu anshagim chadashim. And if they were fully married, they came to Kedushin for three months. Okay, so that okay, fine. So that's what we're saying. Now here's the deal. Here's the problem. So we originally had a question. The Rav Yosi says that you're not allowed to do kedushin. The kasha is if you're allowed to do kedushin leading up to tishim, why can't you do kedushin during shloshim? So he says, oh, you know, you could do kedushin. What you can't do is nesuin. Who can't do nesuin? Meaning, if you were previously married kedushin, if you previously had kedushin, then your husband died. You have to wait thirty days. Is there a velus? If a woman lost her husband, but they only did Kedushin? That's what we're saying, right? Yeah. We're saying that if you were fully married, you have to wait three months, according to Raviosi. Yeah. But if you're fully married, if you weren't fully married, you just had Kedushin, and then your husband dies, you have to wait 30 days. Is there a Velas after Kedushin? No. No. The halacha is, there's only a Velas for a wife after Nisun. So you're telling me that Rav Yaisi holds, and we were forced into this because of our kashas, that Rav Yaisi holds, if you were fully married, you have to wait three months because of the pregnancy issue. If you were only married Kedushin, then you have to wait 30 days for Avelis. There's no Avelis if you just had Kedushin. That's the problem. So the Gemara says, Is there Avelis? Rav Barami teaches, If you had a wife who's just Erisin, she just gave Kedushin. So you didn't, again, this never happens because nowadays our chuppas are all together. But they used to just do Kedushin, then wait a year. They would give a ring, say Arim Kudesh sleep, then wait a year and then go into the chuppah. Do still do that though? No. No, no one, no one does this anymore. Chassidim have Tanoim, but it's not Kedushin. They don't have Kedushin. No, no one splits up. It's a really bad idea, by the way. 
I'm, I'm saying it's a really bad idea because you have a woman who's basically a full married woman, but not being allowed to, but not living with her husband, not in a home. Bingo. They, they used to do it because they wanted to lock up the marriage, but they needed a year to get financial stuff together. We don't do that anymore, but it's a bad idea. Because also, by the way, also means there's no broken engagements back then. There were divorces, right? right? You need to get after this. It's like if you decide that like this isn't working, which I'm sure happened all the time, instead of just breaking an engagement like we do now, which is a messy, but it's not halachically messy, it's emotionally messy, over there they had to get divorced. It, it was a whole, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure exactly why they did it, but... No, there's no ksuba. She gets no, there's no benefits. There's just death penalties. Death penalties and divorces. Correct. <laughs> so, so the Gemara says... So the problem is, there's no Avelus at that point either, because Isha loy oinen, there's no aninus, loy metamala, if he's a kain, he can't contaminate her, v'chen he loy aninus, loy metamaloi, and he doesn't, she doesn't go to, I mean, she could, but uh, but uh, she's not uh, required to go to his funeral. Meis ha'ena yarsha, meis hu goi and there's no ksuva, and, and you don't get an inheritance. So there's no Avelus. So how could Rav Yossi say... That for thirty days, really, he allows everyone to kedushin. He's not. He allows you. He doesn't allow you to get married if your first if your first wife was Arison, Then for Avelus, you have to wait thirty days. But there's no Avelus. So the Gemara says El Tanahi. Again, so that was answer number one, which we rejected. But let's get back into it. Original pshat is Rav Yaisi does not allows every woman to do kedushin except for a woman who's in Avelus. Avelus is no Avelus. You're not allowed to do kedushin during Avelus. The kasha was, but you're allowed to do kedushin. The, the week leading up to Tishabov. So if you're allowed then, why can't you be allowed during Shloshim? Why would we be more strict by Shloshim? So answer number two, we tried to change Rav Yossi, but now we're going to go back. Let's keep Rav Yossi to the way he was. Perfect as he was. Let's go back. To, so what's the pshat? Again, the kasha is, if you're allowed to do Erisin, Kedushin, the week from Rishchidosh Av until the week of Tishabov, then why are you not allowed to during Shloshim? The answer is, you're not allowed to then. You're not allowed to do Kedushin from, from, during the nine days. Meaning, we said before that you're allowed to, it's a Machlaikis Tanoim. There are some Tanoim who hold that you're not allowed to do Kedushin during the nine days. So it's consistent. The Gemara says, How do I know that there's an opinion that holds you're not allowed to do Kedushin during the nine days? Because it says in the Braisa, during the nine days, you're supposed to cut down and work, in business, in construction, in planting, you're not supposed to do Erisin. Oh, boom, no Kedushin. So you see no Kedushin during the nine days. So no Kedushin during Shloshim, consistent. Uh, Melissa. And during the week of Tisha B'Av, you're not to get a haircut and laundry. And some say you're to get a haircut during the nine days as well. Okay, so you see, you're not allowed to do Kedushin during the nine days because it says, you're not allowed to do Erisin. The Gemara says, no, you know what Mil'aris actually is? It's not the Kedushin, it's the Kedushin meal. You're actually allowed to do Kedushin during the nine days. You're not allowed to do Kedushin meal. You're not allowed to have a Suda. You're not allowed to have a party. So the Gemara says, Maskal Ravashi, Mimaidilaris Laris Mamish. How do you know that during the Kedushin is a problem? Maybe it's Dilmalamavit Sudas Erison. Maybe it's a meal. Maybe you're allowed to do Kedushin during the nine days. You just not have a meal. 
So the Gemara says, wait a minute. So then when it says the next line is, you're also not allowed to do Nesuin, that also means you're allowed to do Nesuin, but you're not allowed to have a meal. That's not true. You're not allowed to do Nesuin either. So it must be we're talking about the actions themselves, not the meals associated with the actions. Then Nesuin, even without the party, is simcha. The fact that they are now fully married is a simcha. That's outlawed. Erisin, like we just got finished saying, is not a simcha. Making people restricted without the benefits of marriage is not a simcha. Therefore, the simcha is the suda. So during the nine days, you're allowed to do kedushin. You're not allowed. Because the actual mice itself is not a simcha. It's not a mice of simcha. It's a party. It's a party. It was a big party. It's like an engagement party, but like a big engagement party. So the Gemara says, so during the nine days, the Braisa outlaws Nisuin, even without the party, because that's a Simcha, but Erisin is only outlawed the actual meal. So you see, so back to the original question, which is, Erisin's allowed during the nine days. What's Osir is the meal. So Erisin's allowed during the nine days. So if Erisin's allowed during the nine days, why would Rav Yossi outlaw during Shleishin? Right. So the Gemara answers what my father mentioned originally, which is... The answer is, and it's counterintuitive, we would assume that Tishabov is more severe Avelos. The answer is it's not. Because Tishabov A happened a long time ago, so it's not as fresh, it's not as raw. And also it's an Avelos that affects Klal Yisrael, not you individually, it's, it's an Avelos Deravim. So the answer is, during the, from Rosh until Shavu Shechalba, you're takaladik du Kedushin, I... But says Rav Yossi, Shloishim, it's Aser. We said, well, what do you mean? If you're not allowed from Rishaydish, you should not be allowed during Shloishim. The answer is, no, Shloishim is more severe. Why would Shloishim be more severe? The answer is because it was her husband. It was her husband that she knew. Therefore, because it was private and it just happened, that's a more raw pain that she has to deal with. We outlaw Kedushim. Rishaydish, although it is the Beis HaMikdash, it was 2,000 years ago. And it was affected Klai Yisrael. So therefore, in a way, we're actually more lenient. A thousand. Uh, eight, eight hundred. Yeah, you know, it's true. It's true, but it's a couple hundred years. It just goes to show you, it's counterintuitive, that we're actually more lenient with the Avelis of, 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 of the Churban than with the Avelis of a private uh, 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 patira. Right. I would say, even if you, if you, if you uh, decade or 